0: Kansas State offensive lineman Cooper Beebe is alleging that the Frogs quit on Saturday night in Manhattan, and I mean the evidence is there. It's tough to really refute that. We'll talk about all that and more next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Watch on Horned Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, all those great places, Stitcher, all the audio uh, forms. You can find us there. Thank you for the support of the show. I also want to briefly say, and I'll get to the uh, content as soon as I can here, but um, if you didn't see this on Twitter, the reason I was out yesterday, my my two-year-old Sawyer, he's been dealing with RSV this week and his breathing got uh pretty bad and so we were actually in the hospital for a couple of days with him um the, the hospital staff at mclean children's and temple did an outstanding job and we're really appreciative uh he's recovered and he's back home and so we're thankful for that and a lot of you reached out and gave well wishes or said you were praying for him um and thank you so much for doing that but that's why i was uh gone on thursday and he's bounced back nicely and so we're really grateful um and thankful that the lord protected him and that he's doing well but um that's why i didn't have a show Yesterday, if you're wondering where I was, but we're here today and uh, a lot of you have sent me this or you've talked about it on social media. Um, there's a clip that's been making the rounds the past few days and uh, Glenn Kenley sent it out. And Glenn um, is a, a TV guy there in Manhattan. And this is from Cooper BB, and Cooper is uh, offensive lineman for Kansas State. Really good offensive lineman going to be drafted um, in, in this upcoming draft, probably really highly. And he says, I I won't, like, I can't play the audio, so I guess I can't fully do it justice. Um, But there's no better feeling when you make a dude quit. And what he said before that was that during the game, you know, Kansas State's up 30 on TCU, and he looks over on the line, and the TCU defensive players are laughing and kind of joking around. And they were just sort of resigned to the fact that that game was over and they had lost. And he said, you know, we dominated. And basically, like, there's no better feeling than making a team quit. And listen, I mean, obviously that's usually con- concerning. I've said this before, like I'm always careful to question effort just because I think like culture issues, effort, like unless you're in the locker room every day, it's really tough to, to tell what exactly is going on. But, I mean, I think it's, it's really clear with this team that there have been certainly ups and downs and that they haven't brought it every week. You know, Coach Dykes talked after the Colorado game about um the fact that they weren't ready to play. Uh and he said he said similar things, you know, after West Virginia and they had that lull in the second half. They go and get blitzed by Iowa State. And they really rebounded nicely against BYU. You know, I thought that was their best effort of the year. They played well. Um, but then you get this allegation, I guess if you want to call it that, that they were essentially just laughing and joking around and having a good time down 30 points. And like, there's no way around it. It's a bad look. It's unacceptable. um, And I think it speaks to where the mentality of this team is right now. Like if you can't get up for a game, I don't know how much the players hear this, but I know Kansas state fans have been talking noise about TCU for months. I mean, really since that big 12 championship game, they formed this narrative in their head that somehow like, Oh, well winning the big 12 title was better or more valuable or more important than, um, winning a playoff game it's something that's gone around I don't believe that but that's just something that's been thrown around there and obviously like they really enjoyed winning that conference title uh, TCU went 12-0 and they couldn't get it done in that football game which stinks and Matt Jennings talked about the other day he was like listen Chris Kleiman and that Kansas State coaching staff they have like dominated TCU and it, specifically in the three matchups with Sonny Dykes like the Frogs won that first game K-State had some injuries to the quarterback, but still, TCU came back. They they won, bit you know, they ended up winning by double digits, I think. And then they lose in the Big 12 championship game, which it was a close game. And, and yeah, Kendra Miller was in the end zone. That was a horrible call. They came back. Max Duggan showed great effort and great heart in the second half of that game. Um, But Kansas State also controlled a lot of that football game. And it felt like it was a game that TCU should have won, and they just couldn't find a way to get it done. And then you, you play them in Manhattan. You're coming off a nice win. You have a chance to make a statement against a good team. And you just completely lay an egg. I mean, defensively, they were horrible. Offensively, they couldn't get anything going. And then they just stopped giving effort, and they quit. And I don't really understand. You know, I gave so much praise last season to – Uh, Coach Kaz Gazzotti, the strength and conditioning coach, who I know has a huge impact on kind of like the mentality of the team and is is supposed to be the guy that sort of um, handles a lot of the discipline and, um, you know, gives motivational speeches and kind of energizes this group. Hasn't been there this year, and I don't know what that disconnect is. Uh, Sonny Dykes, like he seemed to have a good handle. Like he's he's obviously more of a even-keeled guy where he's not going to just yell and scream. He can do that. It seems like he does a lot of that to the officials lately. Um, But for the most part, he's pretty calm and pretty cool. And the team sort of last season, it seemed like they took on his personality of, you know, yeah, we're going to play with fire. We're going to play with intensity, but at the same time, nothing's really going to rattle us. Like we're no matter the score, no matter the situation, we have a confidence that we can go get it done. And this year's group just hasn't exhibited that. And like, that's the, big, that's the biggest glaring issue for me. It's one thing to get beat. And they have a few losses this year um, where it's like, like the Kansas State game from start to finish was just bad. But they could have played better than that. Like, if you go lose on the road in Manhattan, that's not horrible in itself. Getting beat by 38 points and the score not even really being that close, that's bad. Losing games to Colorado and West Virginia and Iowa State – When you feel like, on paper, you're the more talented team, especially against Colorado, you should have been the more organized team because they had so much roster turnover and so many transfers. You should have the upper hand, and they couldn't do it. And there's been this question all year about, like, how are you lacking motivation? You're coming off an appearance in the national title game, and I know it's a much different roster, and every team is its own um, sort of animal as, as far as, like, you know, the personalities involved and the strengths and weaknesses. But you're coming off a national championship appearance. You put out an amazing show in year one. And now, like, you bring in a pretty heralded transfer class. You're bringing a lot of talented freshmen. And it's just not clicking. It's not working. And so we'll see what happens over the next four weeks. But the performance they put together uh, against Kansas State doesn't give you a lot of hope that they're going to get off the mat and get it done against Texas Tech and Baylor, which is is their best hope to make a bowl game and kind of continue, uh, you know, momentum, get to the postseason, all those different things. Um, and so those are important football games that are coming up. And I hope they respond well. And, you know, like typically I would hear something like this and I wouldn't be skeptical about it, but I'd just sort of be like, okay, opposing player says this, you know, it, we'll take it with a grain of salt. But the – the evidence is clear that there's there's something going on with this team beyond just Xs and Os and in executing plays right like the defense i thought had had a good first 5 6 weeks of the season after the colorado game they just completely implode against kansas state and you look at kansas state i mean kansas state's kind of going through a similar process um they lost a lot of talent at the skill positions now the the thing that is is different that I think has helped them a lot, they returned all their offensive linemen. Like, they're pretty much the same up front. And that's been the biggest glaring weakness for TCU on both sides of the ball. They're just not good enough up up front. Like, even against teams like Nichols State and Houston, they struggled at times to dominate the line of scrimmage, um, and that shouldn't be the case. And, you know, against a group like Kansas State that hangs their hat on physicality and playing like that, it's going to be a rough scene. Um, but defensively, like, they've been good against the run this year. They've been solid, and they just look completely lost on Saturday night. And then the offense couldn't get anything going. I don't really know what the future holds for uh, Josh Hoover at this point, and we'll talk about that in segment two, like where Chandler Morris is and his recovery. That sounded kind of ominous. I, just, I mean, like, after the BYU game, I was pretty confident that, yeah, Josh is going to play the rest of these snaps, and he's going to do his thing. I don't know if that's the case now, and we'll talk about timelines and all that. But, listen, like, you you can't quit like that when it's so obvious. And, yeah, you fall behind in the football game. I understand everybody's human. Like, you might look around and be like, man, this is kind of ridiculous how we're getting beat tonight. But it's a bad look to be laughing on the field to the point that the team, the other team notices it, they're talking about it. And it circles back to something that we've been talking about all year. Where's the leadership on this football team? You know we're the players that are snipping up and saying, "Hey, we have to like we have to put a stop to this. We have to turn this around. We have to stop um, losing these games in big moments. Like we have to stop getting uh, beat up physically and stop the bleeding. It doesn't seem like anybody's been able to. After the Colorado game, it felt like it for a couple of weeks. That was the case, but then they go lose to West Virginia, and then they lose to Iowa State. Your quarterback gets injured, and things have kind of gone downhill from there." But where is the leadership of this football team that is trying to, you know, right the ship? I don't see it from the players and the coaching staff seems to have lost some of the messaging here. And so, uh, yeah, that's not good as we come to the end of a bye week and they get ready to turn around and play Texas Tech on a Thursday night. When we come back, we'll uh, give some injury updates and then we'll get back to uh, some of your reaction to our show with Matt Jennings earlier this week. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Athletic Brewing Company. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it on the screen here. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. Athletic Brewing Company. They are a game changer in the non-alcoholic beverage space. They make all kinds of great non-alcoholic beers and other drinks that you can enjoy while you're watching a game, while you're just hanging out with your family. Uh, whatever the case may be, you watching the Rangers tonight, Game One of the World Series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I hope Adolis Garcia continues on this tear. I hope they can get it done. Why not sit down with a refreshing beverage from Athletic Brewing Company? You can go online today, AthleticBrewing.com. Use the promo code Locked On for fifteen percent off your first order. You can get them in bars, restaurants are all over the place. They are a true game changer in this world. Athletic Brewing, uh, no hangovers, no regrets, just good tasting non-alcoholic beer. Athleticbrewing.com. Again, that promo code is L O C K E D O N. And you can get 15% off your first order. And the prices are really reasonable. So that 15% off makes a huge difference in your first order. Athletic Brewing Company, we thank them for being a sponsor here of the Lockdown Network. Also, we'll talk here about um, Game Time, the Game Time app. Told you about it before. One thing I love about the Game Time app and Game Time in general, um, you can download that app. You can look and immediately find deals. Okay, where's the best deals for uh, for games in my area? TCU football games, all those types of things, and it gives you a picture of where you're going to sit. So if you're looking for, all right, this, this Texas game, what kind of seats can I find? Um, it shows you exactly where you are in the Carter what the price is, the tickets go immediately to your phone. And so you don't have to worry about where do they go? Are they in my wallet? Are they in my email? It just goes straight to your phone. You got the mobile tickets there. You take it to the gate. They scan it. They have last-minute ticket deals. So if you don't get – you know, if you're not always super on top of things and super prepared, don't worry. You can find ticket deals at the last minute on game time. Again, download their app today and uh, use the promo code College. For $20 off, again, that's Locked On College. Get $20 off your first order via the Game Time app. Uh, Last-minute deals, great prices, and they'll show you exactly where you sit. Game Time, another sponsor here of the Locked On Network. So I've been kind of out of it, and I typically don't like this information from Jeremy Clark of 247 Sports um, on Horn Frog Blitz. I'm not sure if Sonny had media availability yesterday. Like I said, I've been sort of out of it this week with my son being sick. Um, But there were some injury updates that were given. Johnny Hodges on on his status, I think we'll see. I think he's going to have a chance against Texas Tech. I would say he's 50-50. I feel like Shad Banks has done a good job of filling in for Johnny, and I know a lot of people were sort of like, yeah, he's a clear starter. Um, I'd agree with that, but I think getting Johnny Hodges, his back would be significant because it's another experienced guy, knows the system, you know, especially in run situations and short yardage situations. Having another inside linebacker that can come up to the line, be physical, create havoc at the point of attack, make tackles is is a big deal. And just having someone else out there who has a great feel for what's going on and understands the defense um, could be big. So Johnny, expect to be back on your, Or 50-50 is what Sonny Dyke said, Um, his status potentially for the Texas Tech game on Thursday. And then the latest on Chandler Morris, um, he's still a few weeks away with a sprained That I didn't think, you know, we would see – with Chandler Morris, I don't have a great feel for how they're going to handle this. I, I said, you know, after that BYU game, I was like, I th- feel like Josh Hoover's your guy moving forward, right? Like, it would seem like that would be the case, that he would step up and and be the player that steps in for Chandler Morris because you're, he's still dealing with injuries. There's no sense in rushing him back. Um, but then he had a rough performance c- against Kansas State. I'm not ready to, like, say he can't be a starter. You know, I think there were a lot of factors in that game, and I mentioned this before, but – The biggest one probably being that you fell behind 14 to nothing early in that football game. Your defense looks totally lost. And so suddenly there's a lot of pressure on your offense to go score every single drive uh, because it doesn't look like your defense can get any stops. And so that made a big difference. But we'll see just how they approach it. I don't know. I mean, I think there's some value in maybe getting Chandler some more reps this year. Um, And if it comes down to it and you you got five wins and you're playing Baylor, you're playing – Oklahoma in the last game of the season, you're trying to get the postseason, then I I just I feel like you got to give the nod to the person who gives you the best chance to win. And I'm not sure who that is at the moment. I mean, I like Josh a lot. I think he had a great performance. I know there's been a lot of kind of rumors and subtle comments about you know the team and Chandler and how they respond to him. And I get that, but I also watch what they did against Kansas State on the road, and it feels like maybe there's bigger issues than just the quarterback position. Not saying that wasn't an issue. Because uh, Chandler played really poorly in his last two games, but I feel like if you know if you're just pinning all of the problems on his feet, then um, it was pretty clear in in that ball game that there were more things at play that were going on that were not clicking beyond just you know the guy leading the offense. So we'll see how they go, but that's that's your injury update. I mean, other than that, the team's been pretty healthy. They've honestly stayed relatively healthy this year, and that's another. Reason why the season's been so frustrating is there hasn't been a lot of like bad luck that you can point to and say oh well they just lost player X Y Z and that's why they couldn't turn it around. Um, there's just been a, a a mountain of things that have gone wrong for this team. Uh, a couple re- reactions and questions from uh, our last episode. One listener said I would be okay with any defensive coordinator on earth as long as they run a three three five. As far as the OC goes, this is embarrassing. This is the most talented wide receiver room TCU has ever had. There's no excuse for performances like this. Yeah, on the defensive coordinator front, I mean, I, I've had my frustrations with three-three-five-two. too. I don't think having four down linemen is just like a magical way to get better on defense, but it doesn't seem like they have the personnel at this time to run this type of defense. Or if you're going to run it, you need to be more aggressive and bring more blitzes and bring guys from different angles enforce pressure on the quarterback because they're not getting pressure with the 3 man front. And yeah, the receiver room, I mean, I think it's talented too. Those guys have been kind of banged up and injured at times. Um and I don't feel like all of them have really lived up to what I thought they could be going into the season, but the offense hasn't worked. And I feel like there's a lot of reasons for that, but Kendall is certainly uh one of the one of the big things that is leading to the confusion on offense. Michael Andrews said, this team doesn't deserve being a bowl game, although it's, too po- it's still possible to win two games, but games against OU and Texas will not be pretty. The best can frogs can hope for is maybe an armed forces bowl bid against Texas State or someone like that. Yeah, if you go six and six, that would kind of be where you end up. I, I seriously doubt they would send them the ar- send them to the armed forces bowl. There were a lot of rumors about that in 2022, but I just feel like that would be a very strange Thing to do, I know it's right there and it'll be a home game and it would make sense for the bowl game because they should make a lot of money, but I'm not sure if they would end up there. Um, And yeah, I get it. Like getting just getting to a bowl game is not what people envisioned. And it's not something that a lot of people would want to celebrate. At the same time, though, it's extra practices for your young guys. I think it gives you an opportunity to get some of your freshmen and sophomores in that game because you would have a month to prepare for them to play. Um, And it's just better that like I'm all for TCU football games. So another game for this team I think would be awesome because I get to see them play one more time before we fully move on to uh, basketball and baseball season. Malibu Hornfrog said, no, you need to be more objective next season. It's not that hard to separate emotion from reason. You still sound like you're in denial. You need to wake up. Um, Okay, that's fine. I don't really think I've been in denial. I feel like I've been pretty honest about how bad this team has been this year. I thought they would be much better. I felt like even after the Colorado game, they could turn it around. I was wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had people tell me I'm way too positive, way too negative. So I guess that means I'm doing a good job overall because I can't really seem to to get, you know, I give different messages to different folks, but thanks for listening to the show and watching the show and chime in. I always appreciate that. When we come back, uh, did TCU trick Michigan. In their sign-stealing scandal, the Wolverines have been stealing signs. Did TCU have the upper hand? We'll talk about that coming up here on Locked On Hard Frogs. If you want to play daily fantasy games, go to prizepicks.com slash Locked On College. Prize picks is the best place to go. If your fantasy team is in shambles, don't worry. You can go to the Prize Picks app, download it, and find ways to make quick money, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. It's as simple as selecting, okay, is Saquon Barkley going to go for more than 60 yards this week, right? Um, Is Nico Collins going to go for more than 75 yards this weekend for the Texans? You just pick over-under. You can do things like that. They have things like uh, Taco Tuesday, um, specific deals each day of the week that can give you up to 25% more on your uh, payouts. The prize picks, reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. That's one really cool thing that they do. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. And again, that promo code locked on college, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Uh, daily fantasy sports made easy. Nobody does it better than the Prize app. So Ross Dellinger wrote a story yesterday. If you haven't been following, Um, Michigan is in the middle of some trouble right now. So the NCAA is investigating them on stealing signs illegally. Uh, One of their staff members, Connor Stallions, he's essentially a grad assistant, like a a lower level support staff member. Apparently through the past few years, he has bought tickets to uh, over 30 Big Ten games He also bought tickets to the games of uh, playoff contenders last season, like Tennessee, Oregon, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, uh, and the last two SEC championship games. And he's been at these games, or he's had someone else at these games, and he's been filming the opposing team's sidelines and apparently getting, you know, jotting down what their signs are and then he'll stand next to the defensive coordinator or next to Jim Harbaugh even in some instances during games and is watching the opposing teams and their signs and then giving those signs to the Michigan coaching staff, um, which is not legal. It's not legal to use electronic devices like that. Obviously, anybody can buy a ticket to a football game, but it's not legal to use electronic devices to record and steal signs like he was allegedly doing. And so before the college football playoff game, Ross Dellinger says that multiple coaching staffs called TCU. According to a TCU staffer, um, multiple coaching staffs called the Frogs and gave them a heads up on what was going on. They were like, hey, Michigan's stealing signs. They probably have your signs. Now, TCU has said that they don't have any evidence that Stallions, a Michigan staffer, bought tickets to any TCU games, at least any TCU home games last year. Now, we could have possibly bought uh, some tickets to... Road game or the Big 12 championship game, nothing's been reported yet, but that's that's possible. But multiple coaching staffs are like, you you have to be ready for this. And so TCU did something really smart. They mixed in new play calls with old ones, and they had one staff member using dummy signals in an effort to trick the Michigan staff. The dummy signals were old play calls that had since been changed. Players were told to ignore the dummy signals and run the original play as called with the new signal. So they had one person that was actually signaling in the play calls and someone else who was signaling in the fake calls. And apparently it tricked the Michigan coaching staff up. Uh, Obviously they went on to win that game and had a lot of success on offense. The coaching staff did say though, they watched the TV broadcast and you can see stallions standing next to uh, um, the Michigan coaching staff and trying to decode these signals. One TCU coach said, Literally everybody we talked to knew about this. They'd say, just so you know, they steal your signals and they're going to have everything. So you better change that. One coach told the staff that Michigan has the most elaborate signal stealing in the history of the world. So TCU changed some of those signals um, and they purposely used this other person as you know, someone who would signal in dummy signals to try to, to trip them up um as ECU staffer said stallions was wrong a couple of times we rewatched the tv version of the game you can see him standing next to the defense coordinator he tells something to the coordinator and he points in the air and mean passed you see the play sheet he's holding with our hand signs on them um, but they also said they still got them sometimes like Michigan was still able to decode some of these signals especially on short yardage plays uh signal stealing is not against NCAA rules but Uh, Coaches or staff members are not allowed to scout upcoming games of opponents in person um, with, you know, electronic devices like Michigan was doing. This is really smart. It's really funny that TCU was ahead of the game on this. Um, Thank goodness for these other coaching staffs in the Big Ten who gave them a heads up. And some people have pointed this out, like uh, part of this too is that TCU had time with the long layoff before the college football playoff game, They had the ability to do this, to put a plan in place that would make sense. Uh, But really innovative and great job of the TCU coaching staff finding a way to, uh, you know, stay ahead of this and trick a team that and a coaching staff that was really uh, hurting people across the country. I don't know what's going to happen with um, this Michigan scandal. I don't know how they're going to get punished. Uh, But it's fascinating to watch. And it appears that maybe they didn't have the best read on what TCU was doing. So credit to Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff for finding a way to uh, get the Michigan coaching staff off balance. This has been Locked on Horned Frogs. I'll talk to you Monday. It's your team every day.